When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God, welcome to the revolution, doing it nation. Thank you, Eli Braden, for that theme song. I don't want to waste any time, Jenny. Normally we'll do like about 15 minutes, uh, Mark Marin style up front, right. talking about stuff. Let's but cut to our guest today. I don't I don't even want to I don't want to mess around. Our guest today, y'all, Danny and I, I don't know how many episodes we've talked about this show, this yeah. creator of this program, who also is a head writer on SNL, also the Broad City, you wrote on that, one of my yes. favorite things ever. Y'all, it's Chris Kelly. Oh Give it up. <laughs> we should mention the show. We should mention the show is the other two. Yeah, yes, yes. Two. we're about to get into that. But I, I know, I just that's the show we talk about nonstop. I'm oh like God. evangelical about this show. Literally last night, somebody I, I'd been convincing to watch it. She called me up. She's just, oh my God, you were so right about this show. Jeez. So, so oh my God, yeah. thank you so much. That's, thank you for telling people. You're oh, oh, yeah. so nice. <laughs> I literally was just texting with my friend. His name is Kurt Hawkins, and he's a, like a weather guy on Fox 11 out here in LA. And he's like, I can't thank you enough for introducing me to this show. I can't, <laughs> like, we were, he's ah. obsessed with it. We had Leanne Morgan, she was, that was her recommendation a couple weeks ago. She's a stand-up comedian. We, everybody loves this show. God. And Sarah well, killed it. It's so good. I mean, I do feel like it's a very like word of mouth show. So thank you for, thank you for helping spread the word. Yeah, I, I mean, I will be, I, I, I confess, I missed first season on Comedy Central. It wasn't until it came on HBO Max and I was like, holy cow, this has been around. It's, it's so, and so, and then I was really frustrated because I was, I binged the first um, season pretty much like in a day. And then I got, to, and then you had only done three episodes of the second season. I was like, come on, where are they? <laughs> so, uh, um, that's great. Oh my God, that's so good to hear. Yeah, we was sort of like a below the, under the radar for a while. So we're glad that more people can actually see it now if they want to. I was so happy, like when season two, when it was finally announced, I'm like, okay, so so Chase Dreams is 40 now. Oh, he's so old. He's truly old. <laughs> like, he's on got, Medicare. Like, uh, absolutely. And we got shut down while during the pandemic, obviously, right. like a lot of shows. And so he was old when we started shooting season two. But then after the pandemic, I mean... He got real old so like sometimes they like are in go into a restaurant and he's like 17 and then he comes out and he's 18 and we're like you need to hunch down and drew you need to stand on your tiptoes and it was it's weird like, to cobble together 
Don't know. The M. Night, it's, is that the theme of the M. Night Shyamalan movie? They go into a, uh, <laughs> yeah. a yeah, restaurant yeah. and you, you age a year for every on That movie is based on season two of the other two, yes. <laughs> like the show Manifest, you know, where they like land on a plane and five years go by. How yeah. old, now his Case Walker is... Case Walker. He, he's actually 18 now. When we first cast him, he had just turned 14. So oh. he completely gave up his full childhood to these two seasons of television. Yes. So wow. his his actual like storyline is his now real life. You stole. Yeah, his. I mean, I mean, we found him on TikTok, or it used to be called Musically. So it's very similar to the show. I mean, we yeah, we he had never acted or done anything before. We found him. He lived in Denver, and we found him on TikTok and um ruined his life or something. I don't know. <laughs> Changed the course of his life. <laughs> I'd love to get some backstory because like, so you're writing with your partner, Sarah, Sarah, right? On, uh, on yeah, um, yeah, sure. and, and on um, SNL mm-hmm. and we're, and some classic sketches, great stuff. I did a lot of research to see which ones are yours. It's so funny, but the, the, um, what's the genesis of this idea like where, where how long were you talking were you talking about this while you were there like I just where yeah. did this come from it was sort of like in the last year when we were head writers at SNL we were talking about it because you know once you've been at SNL for a while it's kind of normal you start to think about like oh what if I if I if I left or when I left what would I do so we started slowly but surely developing this show and the idea was sort of like um born out of us wanting to do more music videos <laughs> like at snl we wrote a lot of pop yeah. culture music videos for all the girls and yeah. we writing can I, can I actually say it was like doing on my twin bed back home ballers like yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah so we we liked writing that kind of stuff yeah so we were like how can we have our cake and eat it too where we can still do that kind of stuff but then do a more grounded story with characters that felt like they were us or versions of us you know um and so, yeah, we basically came up with this idea um, of like, you know, having a little brother who becomes wildly successful overnight to kind of like let us tell some stories about, you know, being 30, being in your 30s and not knowing if you've made it or comparing yourself to other people and all that kind of grounded storytelling, but then occasionally stop and do a big stupid music video. So, um, <laughs> that yeah. my brother's gay and that's okay. Oh, beautiful. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so, so poorly written. It's so good. And like one thing like about it that I love is like, you know, because, you know, I've I'm, I'm been a sitcom writer for many, many years. And I even remember like when you were on, when I was writing on Roseanne, like if you dropped somebody was gay, like Sandra Bernhardt is gay. And that's like the whole episode becomes about that. It's like gay. It's like, it's that thing. And it's like, and I, you know, through the years, obviously, thank God that shifted. Yeah. But you, in your show, what is amazing, and you say this is like a straight dude, but it's so sex positive. It's so like, uh, I think you, I think you approach gay relationships and gay experiences and dating in a way we haven't seen on television before, personally. I haven't. I, you, you, it's all the foibles we've seen with like st- straight guys and whatever the bro version of that is. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I, I, I just, I, it's like, for me, it's just a glimpse into a, a really, I don't know, I think you do, you're doing a real service. It's like, it's like, it's so honest in a way. And I know it's broad. I know you heighten the reality of it all. But um, was that like important to you? What, was, what, what were your marching orders as you were going forward in that? Or was it just natural? You just That's wanted so to tell nice. the story. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It is weird. You don't like, I, we know we don't really like think about it in a macro sense as we're writing, like let's yeah. tackle this or let's say something about, you know, but we get that question a lot of like, did networks uh, say, Oh my God, this is gayer than we ever imagined. Let's tone it down a little bit. And no, it, it was just never a thing we ever had to think about. We never did think about um, which we feel very grateful for. Um, but um I don't know. We just kind of write what we know. You know, it's sort of like anything. When you're writing and you're writing yeah. something that is um, close to the vest or that feels based on your life, um, we just write what we know. You know what I mean? So if I'm going to write dating stories or I'm going to write stories about being a writer or or in the entertainment industry, a lot of my experiences are, I mean, the same as everybody else's, but also I have very specific experiences as a gay person. And so it just makes sense that if I'm if I have a show, my character is going to go through things through that lens. You know what I mean? So we just... Yeah. Um, feels that way by the yeah, way. Yeah, we don't set out to be like, God, in this episode, we are really going to gay, you know? Um, yeah. What I actually like, you know, something <laughs> that, that was, that stood out, what, uh, and I'm gonna draw a blank on the actor's name, that's Drew's friend that he worked with. Oh, Brandon Scott Jones, is, Curtis is the character, yeah. Cur yeah, Curtis is, I didn't, I want to say the actor's name, but Curtis is <laughs> unbelievable, but I, the, I don't know if it was like the first episode where their boss comes up and is like, I watch Brokeback Mountain. And they're like, thank oh, yeah. you, you're an ally. Thank you for that. That, that, is, that, that is verbatim from my life, yeah. We, <laughs> there was, I worked at a restaurant and there were two gay waiters and he asked if I could go get the other gay waiter and he told us that he watched Brookback Mountain <laughs> and that he didn't like it, but he did <laughs> it. And we were like, thank you, sir, thank you. <laughs> but to me, I thought it was great that you kind of flipped the script instead of being like, okay, we're straight people are looking at a gay relationship. It's from the other lens of going, this is the shit we got to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thank but you, it, you're an ally. Wear those big shoes too. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it is like, yeah, we. It's going back to what you said, like we don't think about it from a macro sense that much, but then when I do hear people say something like that or, or that it is nice to see it on television and they haven't really seen it before, it is meaningful. Like that does matter to me. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it means something to people, but yeah, you never say, start from that perspective. Oh, so one, yeah. of the one of the characters, Lance, who I'm obsessed with, oh, I love nice. Lance. How y'all wrote that character is brilliant because that is the nicest, most positive person. Oh yeah, he's lovely, he's lovely. And he's just like, when he tells him your body's tight, when he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's so pumped for him. He's like, just trying to help him, you know. I mean, that actor, Josh Segarra is also just, so talented it's insane like the, I, I don't know what that role would have been without him he the character was in the pilot but I don't think we thought much of it or yeah. you know it was a funny character in the pilot to us but we didn't have big plans for him being a recurring character and his literal just first audition we were like who is that we want to um, he auditioned for another role and we were like no we should make him the ex-boyfriend we're going to rewrite it to make it more his vibe um he's so talented he's so funny no, because I can see that. so positive. It makes me yeah. feel good. Like when I see that it's- Yeah, like he supports everyone. He finds out Carrie has a bigger dick than he does. He's thrilled for him. Like, he like only, I knew you were packing. I knew. Yeah, he only wants everyone to succeed. <laughs> I, I, I could totally see like in the writing stage, I've been on done shows like this before where it's like, he's like fulfilling in your script. He'll be the dumb ex-boyfriend. You know, kind yeah. of like the, the, the dreamer ex-boyfriend. And I, you can, in the minute he comes on screen, you see, oh, there's so much more. I would have been so yeah. as a writer on your show just to go, oh, wow. Yes, that's the take on this guy. I know he yeah. started as such a dummy and then he just sort of turned into 
Sarah and I being like, let's write what we wish a man was, you know, we were like, let's write what a man could be, you know, a straight man, what if they were this, you know? So it, it's just, it's so strong and you've like educated me, like the, the uh, just to go really fanboy on you, but the whole concept of gay baiting, which I'd never even heard of as a thing. <laughs> Like, I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. That is such a brilliant and poignant and tragic. And it's like, I think we've all been willing to sacrifice a lot to be like with somebody who is horrible, but objectively hot. <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and just how much of yourself you're going to try and, and, and I'm calling it you, but because it's basically, but how much that he's willing to sell out his soul for a chance to fuck this guy. I just thought it was so. Whoa. And, oh, and Wanda Sykes, Hi. by the way, is incredible. Oh, I mean, Wanda's Wanda's insane. She's so good. I have to tell you, when I, I had during the first season, I posted on my Instagram like recommending everyone watch it because I it was right after the episode where Carrie just unloads in Justin Thoreau's church that he mm -hmm. rode the log flume with his oh, friend's yeah. dad so that he could get the picture and jerk off to it that he'd get boners <laughs> in church it was like the three hits that he says i was absolutely on the ground laughing at that it was, well, that's that, nice. i know i like it. everyone was like what funny jokes and i was like yes they're jokes Those <laughs> yes did that really happen <laughs> no i don't know i can't even remember who can remember is that framed picture behind you of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like on a log so funny. yeah uh, no it's for watching from the beginning jesus yeah, I mean, it really does unfold in the character. It's really good how the characters develop. I love what, you know, I love Molly Shannon's development too, yes. like, which you could easily see as a stage run, but you were always really careful to make sure she loved her kids. Like she was, she, she loves them all. And then that turn in se season two, where she's just getting exhausted from it's it all. Sleeping is, with her eyes open and just, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's so amazing. And, um, and by the way, Molly Shannon. So you also worked with Molly. You wrote uh, other people. There's other yeah, I worked with her. I wrote and directed a movie like five years ago, and so that was she was in that. And so that's a was, fantastic uh, movie, by the way. Well, really, you. really fantastic. I have not seen it. Yeah, she's. How dare you? But she's not. I'm she's so sorry, Chris. I'm incredible. And so it's kind of like if you work with someone once, and they're. I mean, why would you not want to work with her again and again? So yeah. Molly's someone that like I I know her a bit and when mm -hmm. I first met her it's like this is the kindest person that I've like the most endearing loving yeah. person. and she's worked for so long she's been in so many things and she still shows up to set and she's genuinely so excited and thrilled to be there yes. like when she gets to a set she's still like wow and when she goes like on a talk show to promote the show she's like Chris I'm going on Seth Meyers tonight like she's she's still <laughs> excited about the industry and like thrilled and like wants to meet the other actors and it's just um yeah, it's a very like, she's a good reminder of like how lucky you are all the time. Cause there's so many, you know, days yeah. when you're working where you're like in the shit and you're like, this is a nightmare. And then she yeah. shows up and she's like, can you believe we get to make this? And you're like, oh yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so special. And it's like you, I think for all of these characters, especially the, the ones who are in the satellites, you could see where they start off as archetypal potentially and in other hands, but like, like, First of all, the humanizing of Ken Marino's character is brilliant by the by the end that he's just this, he, he really just wants to be part of that family. It's like so, 
Brilliant. I do have a specific question that I don't want to give spoilers because I know it was just the, the one that was out, but I do want to ask just in general, and you should watch the episode. Did you, when you came up with the butthole story <laughs> picture, did you know, like what came first, the ending, or did you come up with that? <laughs> and what was the implication? Because, because the, I'm just curious as a writer, because it's such the perfect twist. Like, did you have that twist or did you discover it as you were writing it? That what the butthole leads to? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, like the, 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 like, like, what you know, the the, you know that the butthole, we can all imagine the butthole leading to disaster. I want to know how the butthole, how you got to butthole leading to <laughs> I want that to be the name so, of your autobiography. That's so funny. I had like a, what the butthole leads to. Yeah, I had this like press interview yesterday, but it was like Pacific, it was like at truly 7.45 in the morning. And I like, when you write this episode, you're like, this is funny. And I never imagined having to wake up at 7.30 in the morning and immediately be asked about a butthole. I was like, Oh God, I did this to myself. <laughs> what? The butthole? Yes, Welcome hello, to man. my world, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't even talking about the show. Um, <laughs> we, I don't know what came from, I mean, you know, we start by mapping out the whole season kind of in broad strokes and maybe the specific of the butthole came second, but we had talked for a very long time about we think one of the reasons Carrie isn't as successful as his little brother and maybe as successful as his mother, which is like, what is success? But yeah. um, is because he doesn't know who he is and he's not comfortable in his own skin. Yes. And if yeah. you don't know who you are, how can anyone else know who you are? And so we always like that as he would get more comfortable in his sexuality and as he would take ownership of his sex and his body and who he is in the world, he might just yeah. find more success in his career and in his relationships and in his friendships. And so we kind of always wanted season two to end with something of some, some um, taking control of his sexuality to get him yeah. his that career leads, thing. That's it, and, it, then it, we, and then we were like the stupidest possible ways for it to be a butthole picture. You know, so we wanted, we wanted the dumbest version of something that was a little sincere. It's so brilliant. <laughs> and also I really won't give away the ending on this, but I thought this was like amazing because I've been in writers rooms where you would fight this so much, but I think your decision for who, like in a normal network sitcom where I thought it was going to build to at the end for the Hawaii trip, who the fact that like he made that decision mm -hmm. felt very real to me. Oh, that's good. In the end, because the, the network note for us on, on, on a network show would be, no, obviously family first and all this, but it, that would yeah. never ring true. It's aspirational in some way for a well-rounded person. But I just thought it was super honest. So. Yeah. And I actually, and I also, I really like the fact that you, you were, you know, rooting for Carrie to do that. Like, well, that's good. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel at all like, oh, he abandoned his family. Me too. Or anything. Okay, good. Because that I was like, I'm so, I'm so glad that he did that, and you felt like they were excited for him, and he should have, he needed to do that, and like you said, he oh, didn't. Good. You, you understand, you know, when you're watching it, or at least, I mean, I certainly get that he didn't know who he was. You know, everything he, you know, when he's yeah. with the instigays, and when he's like <laughs> everything he's trying to do, he's yeah. never comfortable because he's. He doesn't know who he is. It's no, always I mean, like for him to I mean, finally get something for himself and to. No, you saying all this really means a lot because it's something we talk about a lot the ending. And we really wanted it to be like Brooke makes a decision, Carrie makes a decision, and we want to be happy for both their choices. Like they both made the right decision. And yeah. so we're like, I think we threaded it enough that people will agree, but you never know until you're like, well, now it's on the website. You tell us. 
And, oh, um, literally the whole time I was like, please let him go. Please let him go. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> I know I would have been so annoyed and mad at him if he had gone. Do, and that's yeah. how so much ends. It's like, it's yeah. like I, 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 I've been there. Makes me wonder, I'm just a personal question for you, but like, how much did, at what point did you start to know who you are? We're, we're comedy writers, so we never really fucking know. <laughs> but 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 did you feel like it was a late journey for yourself? I mean, because just because it rings so mm-hmm. true. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I haven't like gone through every single thing Carrie has. Like I haven't had my whole go around the world yet. There's time. <laughs> There's still time. Um, uh, but it's a lot of it is kind of true or versions of it. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't come out late or maybe I did because now kids come out very young. I came out my, in college as you do. And then, yeah, I had a similar experience where, you know, you feel like sometimes you come out and you struggle with, with saying the words. And then once you do, you're like, oh my God, I did it. I'm done. And now I'm good. But you're like, no, you're not good. You still have like all this shit Uh to unpack. And then when you think you're done unpacking the bags, there's like another bag in the corner. And like, so, so that's the kind of stuff that was interesting for us to write about in this show is like, you don't see the coming out scene, which is often what you see. Yeah. In, in shows and movies which is fine and great but we were like oh there's all that like messy shit that lingers for the next couple of years or even the rest of your goddamn life um so yeah or like I remember you know Carrie goes through this in season two but I remember kind of coming out and being like mom dad I'm gay but then also being like but like harmless gay barely gay yeah. I'm gay but like it's straight with a little twist like yeah. trying to be like good gay for mommy and daddy which yeah. is what Carrie is doing a little bit in season two so Yeah, all the little iterations of accidental homophobia and self-hate that you often still have after you come out was interesting to us. And I really do. And it's it's, it's fun to see that played out with somebody like um, approaching 30. It's like, it's like, it's because we've seen the younger version. We've seen the older version. Yeah. Well, it's like what you did with uh, the character of like the hot 30 under 30. And then it was like midnight. Oh, Let's yank her off the red carpet. Yeah, because... she's 31. Get her out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so Brooks, oh, she, you're 30. <laughs> you're next, 31. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but that's like, by and by the way, the Brooke character uh, has Helene. How do you pronounce Helena, her? Helena York. Yeah. Helena York. I, she is fantastic. She's insane. She's, yeah. She's so incredibly talented. It's It's really like, she can just like storm through a scene and be as big as you want her to be, but then still like land these emotional moments in such a lovely yeah. way. We really um, are, are very lucky. <laughs> She's she great. reminds me a bit of Caitlin Olson. I thought the same thing. Yeah, you saying that, yeah. Like they should oh, yeah. definitely do a sisters movie at some point. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, she's great. So let me ask you now. Let's just rewind back. How did you get started? Like, you're where are you oh, from? Yeah. Like. Your a little backstory. You can give us the the cliff notes. Um. Oh God. Um. I grew up in Sacramento, and I went to school at UC Irvine in Orange County, and I got started just in like maybe a common way, you know, where I'm like, I did the plays in high school, and I was like, that's not quite right. And then yeah. in college, I was a writing major, and then I was like, that's. I don't know, but I want to do comedy. I'll go back and do the plays. And um, I, I was always like, what am, what, how, where, where am I? Where, where's my version of this? And um, while I was in college, I found the Groundlings and I started taking classes there and got involved in the improv group at school. And that was the closest I felt, like doing improv and sketch. I was like, okay, now we're honing in on something that I like or I might be good at. Um, 
And so that's kind of when I got started or when I, when I kind of uh, figured out I liked something a lot. Yeah. And then when I graduated college, I moved to New York and I kind of around the same time started an internship at, I started taking classes at UCB and then started interning at the theater and like selling tickets and all that kind of stuff as you do at UCB and um, kind of rose the ranks there and, got, and started performing and got on sketch teams there. And then at around the same time, I was also interning at The Onion. Uh, like there was a oh, while in like, a while in like the mid like 2007 2008 where the onion was like making the onion news network and they were making I love those yeah those oh. yeah so I weirdly just got in as an intern right as they were starting those and I remember they were hiring and they were like we're hiring production interns to like find locations and like literally be PAs we just don't want to hire writers because we don't want people to like get a job here and then secretly be pitching headlines. That's not the vibe we want. We want production interns. And I was like writing, ugh, comedy, I hate it. I want to find locations. And so I got hired as a production intern and I like was the locations director for the Onion News Network for years. I found locations and I was an AD. I did like every goddamn job. And then I did exactly what they were worried about, which is I started being like, I'm weirdly right like to write I just am thinking of this now yeah but um and started submitting things and then became a writer and director at the onion and then that was like my first real job was being a writer there okay um we're gonna take a break I when we come back I have to ask you about some specific onion news because this is like the onion is my like I I still between the onion and click hole I mean I am they're the most forwarded pieces like I would I would pay to work in that writer's room, honestly, for a little it while. It truly is the funniest people, yeah. They're so smart. But speaking of fun, not necessarily funny people, but money people, because <laughs> they pay us, how's that for transition? Good. We'll be right really back good. doing it nation after these words. Doing it nation, basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Bet NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Holy moly. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50. That is CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. We're back. I hope you joined our sponsor over there and, and, and bought what they were selling. Yeah. Um, totally. Rolling in the Benjamins now. They're, they're fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Onion News Network, one of the most forwarded things I, there's a couple that I give, I don't know if it was before or after your time, it was there, but it is the porn star who is being boycotted because she uses the N-word. Were you there for that? Is that a video or a newspaper headline? It was a video. A video, I don't remember. I don't oh. know if I was there for that. Oh, it's, it's okay. It's, yeah, well, it's really hysterical. Basically in a porno movie, a, a one of the actresses who's having sex with a black guy, lets out the n-word and they go to adult bookstores and they're really deeply and she does an apology for using the n-word in a port because porn is so racist anyway and yeah. it's just brilliant well that's what weird porn are you really watching? Don't i don't remember. watch racist porn Dan. that's really <laughs> offensive yeah 
That, that was what I like. What were some of the ones? Because I've watched all of them. What were some? Oh my that- god, I don't even remember. I re- I mean, not to be like God. I wrote so many. I mean, truly, was so long ago. And like, oh, yeah. the way the way it would work is you would pitch headlines for the videos, and then if they got picked, then they would be obviously scripted. And so sometimes you you wrote the headline, and then you were also assigned the script. Or sometimes it was your headline, but someone else wrote the script, or vice versa. So there was like so much cross pollination that I don't even know. I understand um, that. But it was like truly the funniest people. And I, I'm i like you, I, I like loved The Onion before I worked there. I would like print out articles to friends to be like, did you see? And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and so when I was finding locations at The Onion, I very politely asked the head writer at the time, Carol Cole, who's incredible, if I could just sit in on the writer's meetings. They, were, they happened like Tuesday nights after work. And I would just sit in the back and listen. And I really learned so much about like writing and structure and like tone. And I, I just love the satirical tone of the onion. And I really okay. did feel like I, I really learned so much there. No, that's like, honestly, that's like a, the, the, that's a graduate degree in comedy. Truly, truly. I remember the first, like somebody actually by mail, this is how long ago it was, sent me the first thing I ever saw. First onion article I ever saw was um, serial killer described by neighbors as serial killer. <laughs> and, and just and when they were all saying like no we always you know you had that serial killer vibe and you know and, yeah. 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 he was quiet kept to himself <laughs> yeah. literally came out it, I, my favorite one that i always remember is that mark mcguire admits hitting baseballs really far is really fucking fun like, <laughs> like after all the steroid shit came out it was like no it just it's really fucking fun to hit baseballs far like, <laughs> oh, wow. so, when Wait, so after the Onion, did you go to SNL after that? Like, what was your? Yeah, I. What was the next? I, I, le- I was at the Onion for a while. I was there for maybe like 2007 to 2011 or something like that. Oh, okay. And then I, I, I had a, applied for SNL a couple times and not gotten it. And so I was like, okay, well, I tried. And I've been in New York a while, so I'll do the thing you do where then you move to LA. So I worked at Funnier Die for a couple of months. I moved to LA. <laughs> And then I, I, I applied for SNL one more time. And I weirdly, as soon as I moved to LA, got it. So I moved right back. Um, and I think it was in, I mean, I submitted the packet like you do, but I think yeah. it was in large part to The Onion. I think Seth Meyers had seen one specific video of The Onion that tickled him. And when I mentioned it, I could tell that I was like, I think I got the job from this one video. <laughs> so you just like never know what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started at SNL in 2011. And so. how, how, how long were you there for? I was there for six seasons. So I left in 2017, like right after that election year I left. And did you and Sarah, so I know that's your writing and directing partner and everything. Did, when did y'all meet? Like when did that We happen? met at SNL. Yeah, oh, we had, no, SNL. yeah, we didn't know each other before. We both just got hired the same year. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like what people do at SNL. You know, you kind of stick with your, the people that are hired together tend to write together because right. no one else will. Um, <laughs> but then we also just like really hit it off and had a similar sense of humor and similar backgrounds. And yeah, what, she's great. What was the first sketch y'all got on? I got on my first week a character sketch that I wrote with Nassim Pedrad. I was Nassim's office mate. And it was my first show and Alec Baldwin was the host like long before Trump. And yeah, I wrote a character sketch where she played Alec Baldwin's um, daughter. And it was truly wild because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't, it was terrifying. But like, it, I mean, it was very lucky to get something on your first week. I mean, because A, it's better than not. But right. then you kind of just like, get to see how the show works right away. You know, like if you don't get a sketch on, it's hard to know what the show even is. 
but it allowed me to like meet all the people and see how blocking works and um, see what it's like to sit under the bleachers with Lauren and have him not like it. Yeah. <laughs> you get to do all the things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, tra it's a traumatic, I, I know good writers and good performers who just, they're great. They're, they're fantastic. But that particular crucible is too much for them. You know, oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's the best job I've had or will ever have. I loved it. I mean, it, I was kind of like The Onion. I was just obsessed with it from a very young age. So I just loved nothing more than SNL, especially those like 30 minutes before a live TV and you got to make your changes and are you going to do it in time? And yeah. it's like such a hell and it's so hard and you're like literally racing and you're like, it's all going to fall apart. And privately I'd be like, I fucking love this baby. You know, it's so, <laughs> it's so like, it's like TV and live theater. It's, but yeah, it's very hard. I know Seth, Myers talks about because he's one of the best writers to have ever worked there. He worked there yeah. forever. I mean, yeah. that I think on his last show, even on his last show, I think he had a sketch that like ate shit at dress and got cut, which is like such a funny example because he tells it's like of all the people you've been there so long, you've like yeah. mastered the game, and then you can still have a bad night. And Lauren can turn to you and be like, What? You know, it's like yeah. it's such a crazy place of highs and lows, and you never know what, what each week is going to be. So I, it seems like a place that when you leave, you're like, did I just do that? Did that just happen? Like it never slows down. It seems like such a whirlwind of like- Yeah, truly. I mean, I like quit, at, left SNL, quit to SNL and moved to LA at the same time. So like leaving New York and leaving SNL was truly like getting off a roller coaster. And then all of a sudden I'm like in Laurel Canyon and it's so quiet and I'm like, what? <laughs> Do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, do I know are that? those coyotes out there that I hear? <laughs> Truly. <laughs> well, I know I know you're like under. Uh, um, uh, we, we have you for a limit. You're you're a big mover and shaker now. Let's face. I've got to go, guys. I could leave at any minute. <laughs> I know, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. We always like to wrap our show though with like uh, we talk about the things we like, what we're watching, what we're reading. What we're very rarely what we're reading. Let's be honest. Yeah. But what, what we're watching <laughs> or listening to. Um, uh, what, what's a recommendation you have or something oh that works us? I was so terrified you were going to make me say a book. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no one told me I had to say a book. <laughs> no, it's going to be a book report. It'll, it, it will be. I, yeah, I would have snapped at Danny. If you have know. you read the new Franzen? It's supposedly great. Okay. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Is my so is my answer like real or like the show I want is like I have like trash and then good stuff. I mean, Give us what you're what really you watching. Like, though, it's all what are you what are you loving right now? Well, the trash that I really like, my true honest answer is the Real Housewives of Potomac, which isn't trash, and I feel like it's bad that I said it's trash. I love the Housewives. I love Beverly Hills. I love Potomac. Um, I'm watching Survivor, the best show on television. I you're um, playing poker with a bunch of Survivor fans. I, I understand that it's a, it's a, you're in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in terms of like a scripted show, that also makes me sound smart. Have you guys seen Veneno? I'm like late to the game on this. So what's that? Say it's it again. Veneno. It's going to sound, wow, don't I look very cool. Wow. Um, talking about it, and I'm even late to the game. I think it came out last year. It's called Veneno and it's on HBO Max, the best oh, streaming service. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's a biographical mini series about like um, this Spanish, um, like a transgender Spanish, like she was a transgender woman who was discovered and became like a huge soap opera star in Spain. And it's like the biography of her like life and death. And it is so beautifully directed and shot and it tells her whole life story. Um, it's kind of hard to explain or convey how good it is. No, I, I heard it. I had never heard of it before. And then I started to see a couple of friends mention it to me. Veneno, I think it's eight episodes and it's great. I'm gonna watch it. 
definitely check that. And out. I, I followed that up immediately after Survivor. I was like, okay, Survivor. I no, you it. saved I it because I, because I, I was actually, I was judging you so hard up until Veneno. I was I like, see it oh. in his eyes. He was I like, was like, like I'm like, what the? Do you like Survivor better? Survivor's a quality show. Let's face it. Mike White was on Survivor. That's real. What? What? Mike White was on Survivor? Oh yeah, no, Mike White. I, Mike White. Yeah, he did the writer season of Survivor. I saw that. He was on Survivor and he was on Amazing Race with his dad. Yeah, so, so it's real. So it's legit, guys. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, okay, fine. I'll watch it. Um, <laughs> hey, what are you guys watching? watching? What? Yeah. Well, the other two, I cannot recommend that enough. Clearly, obviously. we've done enough on that. We've blown enough smoke. Um, enough, enough. I, 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 I don't know if you've seen this yet, Danny. I told you to, but only murders in the building. I still have not seen it. I know. I want. I haven't seen that. Yeah, but Steve Martin, Martin Short, and then Selena Gomez. Like, what a threesome that you couldn't even imagine. But they're so brilliant, and it's so funny. And it it's kind of based on if you if you listen to the Serial podcast, remember when everyone was just like glued to yeah. that? It's it's a bit like that where they're trying to solve something themselves with these three. Where Steve Martin is a like a washed up actor that was popular in the 70s. Martin Short is a Broadway director that hadn't done much. As he should and then, be. <laughs> and you still don't really know what's happening with Selena Gomez, but they live in this really nice building in New York. It's totally worth the watch. It's funny. It's okay. Wait, does it come out every week or was it or is it already all out? Every week. It's, okay. It's every week. So you and now I feel like we're so spoiled with the streaming things where I'm like, I have to fucking wait yeah. a week for something. Okay, I'm gonna watch that. I keep almost watching that. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I think it's worth it. What about you, Danny? What do you got? Okay, season two, Love on the Spectrum. I know I this is gonna sound- Oh, great. I wanna see that too. Really? Be, first of all, first season is fantastic, second season. Just be prepared to smile and cry every single episode. It is the sweetest, warmest. It's like takes place in Australia, which is very like neuro um, uh, diverse, positive. And it is, I, I probably have a daughter on the spec, uh, Asperger's, but, but it's beyond that. They're just, oh, hold on one second. Oh my God. Watch him go like Spielberg. It's me, Danny. <laughs> Can't you see? Hold on. I do really want to see that. I keep hearing about that show. Yeah. Um, so Love on the Spectrum. And um, yeah, and it just, it's its really absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And then I was listening to something that I thought was interesting and fun. I'm a big Elvis Costello fan. He did an album called, he had an album that was in 1978 called This Year's Model, great album. He did a, an album just now called The Spanish Model, where he had all of these Latin American artists sing and reinterpret those songs over some of the original tracks. I've been listening to it nonstop. It's wow. like, Fantastic. So the cool. Spanish model. Those are my two recommendations. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to watch all this. And listen all yeah, this. yeah, it's good. Well, Chris, I cannot thank you enough. We're, Danny, are we taking a tour? Yeah, we're going to a little tour. <laughs> oh my God. Really thank you guys. This is so, I'm so glad and grateful that you like the show. That really, really means a lot. Um, so, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's more than just like, I mean, it's really something yeah, really, like, really special. Also, by the way, just as a comedy person, Thank you for making a comedy that's funny. Yeah. It's like, you know, a lot of a lot of comedies have sort of like shifted away from that. And 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 and, uh, um, and yours just goes for it. And I fucking love it. So, oh, it's really oh, also, I just want to say that I just thought of it. One of the actors that you had on the episode that was clearly about that Hillsong church. 
for legal reasons, I don't know what you're talking about, but continue. Okay, I know, but um, <laughs> first off, the guy that you got to play, not that guy, <laughs> looked exactly like not that guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when Carrie's trying to figure things out and he goes to the door and all those guys keep coming up and they're asking questions. And I follow this guy on Instagram, I don't know him, but Tommy. Oh yes, he's so funny, yeah. yeah. I've followed him for so long. His videos absolutely kill it's me. So and then I funny. saw he was going to be on that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the guy yeah, I follow. He's so funny. And Joe Castle Baker is so funny too. Who's the, for the first guy who comes out. They're yeah. both very talented and good Instagram follows. Oh, I'm going to check him out too. Yeah. So we, those are a lot of recommendations. Thank you, Chris, thank you so much. Thank really you. Yeah, yeah. And, and thank, thank you, Doing It Nation. Or I should say, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, Doing this It Nation. Awesome. Oh, good. My doorbell's ringing. So that's hey, good. Well, that's a perfect time to say <laughs> goodbye.